0: From the University of Texas at Austin, KUT Radio, this is In Black America.
1: Any type of engagement you can think of, birthday parties, uh, wedding parties, all that stuff, Johnny, man, we we really wanted to do it. And I think that's what you have to have, the desire to really complete your mission. God gives you the strength and the talent to do, and you have to develop the, the mentality to succeed. And, I would, and we would like never say never, so we continued on, and uh, I had actually got off to play with the Cincinnati Reds in 69, and I went to spring training, and I had this operation that same year, and we kind of got back together when I came back home. And in 1970, we were working with a guy here named Dick Scott. That was a talent coordinator for Motown for many years. He had developed his own little camp of maturing uh, young artists.
0: The late Ron Banks, founder of the Dramatics. The Dramatics have been one of the most prolific, consistently entertaining groups of the last four decades. Another of the great non-Motown Detroit vocal groups formed in the late 1960s. The Dramatics went through significant personnel changes during their early years as the group struggled to find a hitch. The Ultimate found it on Vote Records with What You See Is What You Get. The single was Dramatic's first major national hit, peaking at number three on the R&B chart and staying there for 15 weeks. That single was followed by the R&B top ten hit, Get Up and Get Down. The following year, the group released In the Rain. That single torpedoed its way to the number one spot on the R&B charts, maintaining that position for four consecutive weeks. That single also peaked at number five on the pop charts. There has been 13 dramatics through the years, but once L.J. Reynolds replaced William Howard in 1973, the core of the group was set. With Reynolds and Ron Banks, a unique group harmony was created that is still recognizable today. Banks passed away on March 4, 2010, at the age of 58. I'm John L. Hansen Jr., and welcome to another edition of In Black America. On this week's program, a tribute to the late Ryan Banks of the Dramatics in Black America. Like a star,
1: slipping out of place, sliding from the sky, tumbling through space. When you touch my hand, I swear I feel
0: like I'm falling, seems like I'm falling, falling like a wheel. Whirling round and round, rolling down a hill, spinning on the ground. Your kisses make me dizzy in the head, and I'm falling, 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 falling. Oh, girl, I think that I have. Long
1: story short, Johnny, this cat would come up to my practices on uh, with the Mighty Midgets and the uh, Pro Midgets up on Jane Field and follow me around talking about he had, we're going to get a group. Then he would always tell me he got a group. So one day I figured I would call him out. I told him, I said, yeah, I'm going to come to rehearsal, man, let's go. We went over there. The rehearsal was me, him, his mom, and his dad. (laughs) I mean, in other words, wasn't nobody there but me and him. And I thought that was kind of cool, you know. But we sang a little bit. His mom could even even sing pretty well. And uh, he kept following me and bringing me, and then finally he just convinced me. I said, man, I'm going to be a baseball player. He said, you're going to be a singer, man.
0: During the 1960s, Detroit had more talent than his record companies could handle. Since not all the Motor City's gifted vocal groups could be accommodated by Motown, Dramatics, initially formed in 1962 as the Dynamics, recorded for a series of small record labels before signing with Golden World Records. When Motown purchased Golden World, Motown staff producer Don Davis went south to Stacks and took the Dramatics with him. The group suffered through a series of growing pains before settling into its permanent lineup, fronted by original member Ron Banks and later recruit L.J. Reynolds. Born on May 10, 1951 in Detroit, Michigan, Banks attended public schools there and graduated from Northern High School. Banks began singing while we both were in elementary school. Throughout his childhood, he divided his time between singing and playing baseball. Banks was a pitcher on one of the best Little League baseball teams in the city of Detroit. He also played professional baseball. While attending Cleveland Junior High, he formed the Dramatics. Between 1972 and 1980, Dramatics recorded for ABC and MCA Records, notching 38 top 25 R&B singles. Those singles include a cover of Me and Mrs. Jones, You're Fooling You, Be My Girl, and Welcome Back Home. In 2001, they received national attention for their professionalism when they saved the sky jock, Tom Joyner Sky Show, singing two sets during his show's appearance in the Motor City on less than twelve-hour notice. In 2006, a street was named after the group in one of the newest neighborhoods being built in the city. In April 2008, In Black America spoke with my marble-shooting buddy, the late Ron Banks.
1: Oh man, I almost was forced into singing. I was raised to play professional baseball, actually, Johnny.
0: I know that's right.
1: You know, we had a, my my first of all in the family. Everybody sang, and Mom would always have us around the piano at home. And then uh, we sang at a couple of PTA things over at Atkinson School, which you remember a lot about. And then uh, we a couple of guys in the um, in the elementary school that went to at Ackerson, uh, Chuck Jackson and Dwayne Jackson. We Started singing together. And um, I just, I really did it almost as a hobby because baseball was just something that I wanted to do. Have, and I enjoyed playing it so much.
0: Having grown up in Detroit myself and also with you, and I want the audience to, to know that, what was it about Detroit and entertainment with, with, with singers and bands that was almost like it was in the water?
1: I would think I would have to actually uh, relate it to the success of Motown. With them having the Motown review here in Detroit every year uh, at the at a, at a Fox Theater, to see the likes of uh, Temptations, Marvin Gaye, Supremes, Contours, Miracles, I mean, Stevie Wonder, Mary Wells, The Spinners, the, the, the Time. I mean, they had, I mean, Little Lester and the Muppets the Little Puppet. Right. And, uh, I mean, to have a uh, Junior Walker, I mean, to have all those artists and be able to see them actually groomed and developed for national exposure and to see it come to fruition probably was one of the greatest things to happen uh, for a city like Detroit. And with uh, so many of the different neighborhoods and stuff being somewhat suppressed, because at those times, you know, our uh, race, uh, the Afro-American race, uh, we were, we had trying times somewhat, even though a lot of our forefathers and, and, and moms and dads had paved the way for us. It gave us the ray of hope that was necessary to continue, even in
0: education. When did you come to the idea that you need to form a singing group?
1: Oh, man, I don't I did, It was not like I came to the idea to do it, man. Me and... Uh, Chuck and um, Dwayne, we had uh, went over to some little girls' houses or something. We were walking down Ryan Road, and we heard this music coming from Persian High School. And um, we said, well, let's go over and check it out. Well, they were having a talent show for the students at the high school, at Persian High School. Right. And uh, we wandered over there, Johnny, and uh, we told the guy uh, we want to. We want to get in the contest. And so the guy said, you go to Persia? We said, no, but we were young, man. We were 12, 13 years old. No, we were 11, 12 maybe at the time. And uh, we just started singing for them. So the guy said, damn, man, little kids can sing. So <laughs> they let us sing on the on the, um, on the uh, contest
0: thing. Uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, talent show. It was T-Con, T-M-T teens and talents. yeah so and they had some very talented people up there at the time
1: and so we did real good and everything and uh there's this one guy named elbert wilkins we call him bam and al said uh where you live so al had lived over on buffalo
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh he was actually in Persian. and i was coming i was in middle school at the time
0: at like cleveland
1: yeah cleveland junior high school and uh Long story short, Johnny, this cat would come up to my practices on uh, with the Mighty Midgets and the right. uh, Pro Midgets up on Jane Field and follow me around talking about he had a, he, we going to get a group. Then he would always tell me he got a group. Mm-hmm. So one day I figured I would call him out. I told him, I said, yeah, I'm going to come to rehearsal, man. Let's go. We went over there. The rehearsal was me, him, his mom, and his dad. <laughs> I mean, in other words, wasn't nobody there but me and him. And I thought that was kind of cool, you know. But we sang a little bit. His mom could even even sing here pretty well. And uh, he kept following me and bringing me. And finally, he just convinced me. I said, "Man, I'm gonna be a baseball player." He said, "You're gonna be a singer, man." Come on! From there, we went to uh, Larry Reed's house. I sang for his mom and dad and family. And we, the three of us, started singing. And we, we took Larry Reed. We went over to Rod Davis' house. All this happened in a matter of a month and a half. And we got Big Rod. Rod was the bass singer. And when, I, when we went over to Rod's house, this guy was about 17 years old, about 290 pounds. <laughs> and when he answered the door, I was I was little, you know. I was about eleven, twelve years old. And I looked up to this big cat, and he said, "Yeah, well, can I help you?" <laughs> and I looked at him, I said, "Damn!" I said, what, "Do you sing?" "Yeah, I sing bass." <laughs> I said, "Oh man!" So we got Larry, we got Rod, and uh, Squirrel had been in another talent show that they had. Al right. al had me come up there too, and that's how the five of us first started. That was the beginning of the dramatics. That was in 1962.
0: When did Willie Ford, L.J., and, and the late uh, Lenny Mays come to the group? Oh, man,
1: listen. We had beat the streets for about eight about eight years. Uh, all kind of talent shows, singing contests, any type of engagement you could think of. Birthday parties, uh, wedding parties, all that stuff, Johnny, man, we... We really wanted to do it, and I think that's what you have to have, the desire to really complete your mission. God gives you the strength and the talent to do, and you have to develop the, the mentality to succeed. And, I would, and we would like never say never. So we continued on, and uh, I had actually got offered to play with the uh, Cincinnati Reds in 69, and I went to spring training, and I had a disc operation uh, that same year, and we kind of got back together when I came back home. And um, in 1970, we were working with a guy here named Dick Scott, that was a talent coordinator for Motown for many years. Mm-hmm. He had developed his own little camp of maturing uh, young artists. Right. And uh, we got with Dick, and he was he had this big uh, talent. He was putting on this talent show thing down at the uh, music hall here in Detroit, and uh, we were rehearsing for it that week. Rod had gotten, of course. Rod was the oldest guy in the crew. Rod had gotten, um, he had just got older, man, and he had a baby by this girl, and he knew he had to take care of his family. And Rod went to sleep at rehearsal. And he kind of embarrassed, but Rod was big enough and man enough to look at it. He said, "Man, you know, I've been trying to do this, man. I don't know if this is gonna work, and I gotta take care of my family, man." So Rod went on and did that, and I remembered. Willie Ford was singing with a couple of groups in uh, at Northern High School that we had attended together. Mm-hmm. And I called uh, Willie Ford one day, and I said, Willie, I said, uh, you want to be a dramatic? And Willie, he was messing around with the Cavaliers a little bit at the time, and he said, yeah, yeah. I said, well, I'm coming to get you to take your birth. I'm listen to you. I already knew he could do it, but mm-hmm. Willie had this special <laughs> quality about right. his bass and uh, Larry Reed was uh, truly a groupie for women. He mm-hmm. loved women. <laughs> he loved women so much. I remember one time we were getting ready to go perform in Flint with that Little Anthony and the Imperials, the first big gig that we had with a with a with a national artist, Anthony <laughs> and the Imperials. And he loved women so much. He hid up under the bed, and they told us he wasn't there, and we went in there looking, looked and searched the house. And he was hiding up under the bed (laughs) there. So we knew he had to go. That's when we got Ouija. That was Ouija and Willie, myself, Squirrel, the better shake in the world, and Wilkins.
0: Okay, when did uh, Lenny Mays, because I remember- I was bringing you up to that point. Okay, man, go ahead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We were playing at the Apollo Theater and Ouija missed the plane coming back in from uh, Los Angeles. And I had a broke leg, so we had to perform with four. I right had that Apollo Theater in New York. You know, I got the feel not being mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, in between shows, I had went out to get some air on my crutches, and there was a guy standing here with a guitar, and a little short guy was standing with him. And he said, man, you that tenant with the, the Dramatics, huh? I said, yeah, Ron. He said, Ron Banks, yeah. I said, yeah. He said, he's bad, man. Back then I said, so you know you hear that all the time. I said, well, what do you do? He said, "I'm a singer," <laughs> and I said, "Well, sing some." And he sang. What you see, what you see is what you get. You know, a hell of a, with a hell of a, excuse me, with a, uh, a dominant riff mm-hmm. to it vocally, and uh, I never forgot that guy. One year later, we had a problem in the group. We were in court together because it was still split in the, in the group. We Nowlin went and tried to take the name from us. Okay. Which is crazy. Something always happens when you finally become successful. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, we have, a, we have a tendency to want to split up. <laughs> when the unity in the group was what really got us there yeah, all the time. Right, right. And uh, so we had to replace Al and Ouija, and, and, and Squirrel brought this guy, this light-skinned guy, with this dude in his head uh, named Lenny Mays. <laughs> and that was the beginning I wanna go in the it may sound crazy
0: How did you all escape Motown? How did we escape Motown? <laughs> One of the few groups yeah. in Detroit that didn't sign with Motown. You all signed with Stax. Don't think we didn't go audition. Okay. <laughs> we
1: went over and auditioned. The guy told us to come back in a couple of years. That's when we were little. Mm-hmm. Then when uh, we had signed professionally with um, Golden World Records, which was his immediate um, competition in, right. the, in the city. Right. Uh, I mean, they had George Clinton and them the uh, Parliament, and they had uh, they had the Dramatics, they had Sweet James, Fantastic Four. They had the girls that ended up being Dawn with Tony Orlando. I mean, it was a, a bundle of talent over yeah, at Golden World. Last year was. But um, and I remember Mr. Wingate when he was getting ready to sell it to Barry. Barry said, "This this talent ain't big enough. To mm-hmm. the uh, we got somebody got to go. And, you, know, you look like it's got to be you." Mr. Wingate some huge money. And Mr. Wingate called us in the office and asked us if we want us. Did he want us to sign a, us over to Motown? And uh, we asked him. We found how many how many artists they had already signed. He had seventy artists already signed <laughs> to Motown. What do we want to become? Seventy one. He's a more right with us.
0: How did the collaboration with you and Don Davis? Obviously, when you got with him, things started to, to take off.
1: Well, Don met Don over at Golden World. Okay. Don had a, a couple of artists of his own, uh, his own little production company. He had uh, Steve Mansion and this guy named Melvin Davis, who were very, very talented. Uh, Steve ended up singing with Ace uh, Day. Uh, she is not just another woman. She is not. You know, that was a huge record. I used to always do, I used to make money singing backgrounds. I sang in backgrounds with so many different records in my lifetime, man. God has really been good to me. I bought my first house with the background <laughs> checks <I> used to. <laughs> But we
0: kept a relationship through the years. What was that first big hit? What you see is what you get. Our first hit? Your first hit. The Dramatics' first hit.
1: Well, we had a bunch of neighborhood smashes. Only in Detroit. Right. Bingo and Inky Dinky Wang Dang mm-hmm. Do and Your Love is Strange was when we started me making some noise. And then we, Jody, the song that ended up being with Johnny Taylor's song, mm-hmm. was our record. We had cut that record, and we did it so, obviously we had did it so good that kept our background <laughs> on it when Don took it from us and gave it to Johnny Taylor. The seller. That's when we said to ourselves, you know, we're getting closer getting close. In 1971, we were blessed with our first means of silver. What you see is what you get. In the rain. Hey, some people
0: are made of plastic have two signature songs maybe more but in, in, in my book the two songs is go out in the rain and me and miss Jones <laughs> some of the women but then you maybe you miss you met him just be my girl be my girl uh,
1: can't get over you welcome back home Best things in my life. We, well, a Billboard sent us a thing that we had 38 top 40 songs. Whoa. 40 with our 43rd album now. So, I mean, it's, God has really been good to us and blessed us with some great, some great songs man. and some great fans. I will tell
0: you that. What is it about the dramatics that keeps you all juvenated?
1: Well, we, we perform all, all during the year together.
0: Okay. And um,
1: uh, with the years that we spent together, there's been so many of them now. it has been about, 40, about 30, 40 of them. Mm-hmm. It was just like living the dream come true. I think when you, when you stop doing that, you need to quit. To see the people still come out to see you to this day. Mm-hmm. uh, You can smell a cologne perfume on stage.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, for them to take the time out to come see you, to enjoy records that you've made over years and years ago. Even sang them with you sometimes. I think that's enough motivation for anybody that I wanna make certain when you leave the dramatics concert, you leave with a smile on your face and a little love in your heart and a lot of music in your soul.
0: Tell us about that collaboration you all had with, with Snoop Dogg and Dogg. The
1: Dog. The Dogg and dog world. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was funny. That was really funny, man. Uh the balleteers one of the tears of all time. And what had happened, Snoop had grew up with his, his mom and dad, and they had been playing a lot of dramatic music, so consequently, it had wore on him. Mm-hmm. And it was during the time a lot of the little rappers were doing the sampling of different songs. Right. Uh, the Jane Brown and, and George Clinton and Doggy Dog and all that stuff. But Snoop, I guess he's got a different creativity. It's one of the things that I enjoy about the rappers of the day create their creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not that fond of some of the, the, the language and the downgrading of the women or their approach to how they deal with society every day, mm-hmm. but I enjoy the creativity of a Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. Ice Cube, William & Nims, definitely a Snoop Dogg, uh, R. Kelly, Beyonce and the girls, uh, Mary J. Blige, I just love her, uh, I like the approach and the creativity. But uh, the thing that happened with Snoop ended up huge for us. It sold over 8 million. They
0: say that you're in love with another guy. Would it be too hard for you to tell him? Why? I've got so much to offer
1: you, my dear.
0: This has been a tribute to the late Ron Banks, founder of The Dramatics. Banks died on March 4, 2010, at the age of 58. If you have questions, comments or suggestions asked your future in Black America programs, email us at lowercasejhanson at kut.org. Also let us know what radio station you heard is open. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station or of the University of Texas at Austin. You can hear previous programs online at KUT.org. Until we have the opportunity again for technical producer David Alvarez, I'm John L. Hanson, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. Please join us again next week. CD copies of this program are available and may be purchased by writing In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, One University Station, Austin, Texas, 78712. That's In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, One University Station, Austin, Texas, 78712. This has been a production of KUT Radio.